Hidden Heroes, a podcast series from UNICEF. Stories about the power of women and girls. It was the morning of March 5th, 2020. Gladys Vega had just made the tough call. She was going to close her office. She told her team, I don't know what's going to happen, but stay safe. Whatever you need, just call me. Don't go anywhere. Gladys is the executive director of the Chelsea Collaborative. It's a nonprofit in her hometown, Chelsea, Massachusetts, a city just north of Boston. The Chelsea Collaborative offers social services to people in the community. Gladys helps people with unemployment, housing, citizenship, getting health insurance or legal help. She plans arts programs and computer classes, even helps people navigate trauma. She thought she'd seen it all. But what Gladys didn't know was that Chelsea was about to become ground zero of the COVID-19 pandemic in Massachusetts and one of the worst-hit communities in the country. That afternoon in early March, right after she closed her office, Gladys got an unexpected phone call. It was from a nonprofit in Boston that distributes free food. The man on the phone said, Hey Gladys, I'm wondering if you have many members that may need food in Chelsea. I have a truck that I don't know what to do, and it's full of food, and I don't have a destination because all the nonprofits that normally I take this food to are closed. I know you guys are not in the food business, but will you accept a donation? So I'm like, oh, I want the food, but I don't have anything to distribute it, and I can't open the office because if, some, if a member of my staff comes and they get sick, I'll be sued. Gladys was in a tough spot. It was the end of the day. She didn't have anywhere to put the food. She had just sent her staff home for safety reasons. But she just couldn't turn the donation down. She knew better than anyone how many families in Chelsea could use it. Not just because she knows the community better than anyone, but because she herself grew up in one of those families. We had no food. In my house, if I didn't have dinner, then I wouldn't eat until the school Breakfast, lunch was in the school, and then we eat around 4 o'clock. As soon as we get it from school, my mom would have our meal, and then we had no food until the next day. If Gladys was going to accept this truckload of food, there was really only one place it could go. So I gave him my address, he came, and then we literally lined them up in my porch, in my, in my little yard that I have in front of the house. Gladys made a post on Facebook telling people she had food for anyone in need. She also texted her closest friends and family, asking for their help distributing it, but with a caveat. I kept telling people, if we get sick, we're doing this for the community, for the love that we have for human beings, but don't blame it on me. So you, ha- you can say no. It's okay if you say no. And she meant it, because from the beginning, Chelsea had the highest rates of COVID-19 in the state. The risk of contracting the virus while trying to help was very real. I'm Beth Murphy, and this is Hidden Heroes, stories of women and girls who are innovating, organizing, and saving lives during the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. This episode, Gladys. Gladys put out the call. And pretty soon, she had 10 volunteers and a porch full of food. But no one in line. 
quietly as the leader, not telling my volunteers. I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm not worried, they're coming. But in my heart and in my soul, I'm like, please, God, don't make me waste all this food. There's a need. I know Chelsea was already poor and in need. You know, we have all this food here. Don't let it go to waste. And 10 minutes later, people began to park. It was so amazing for me because we made a line all over the neighborhood, like probably two or three blocks from the from my house. And by 8 o'clock, everything was gone. Everything was gone. And the following week, we were asking for donations of food. And then we decided to do a triage in terms of the organization. By triage, Gladys means her team would shift their focus to food and COVID relief. They've been caretakers of the community for more than three decades, on the front lines every day of the year. So when a crisis strikes, they may have to reprioritize, but they hold their ground. UNICEF has identified Gladys as one of so many women worldwide who've been on the front lines during the pandemic as health workers, teachers, vaccinators, and their grassroots networks are the key to reaching vulnerable communities and providing the services they need. All the while, women also bear greater risk on the front lines of the outbreak. We were not going to be afraid that if we have worked 30 years to provide services and to address issues of injustice, we cannot hide behind our doors and be so afraid of the pandemic, that that's the risk that we're willing to take. The Chelsea Collaborative's food distribution operation has come a long way from its humble beginnings on Gladys's porch. Volunteers at the warehouse pack up everything from grapefruits to potatoes to empanadas for the food pantry that afternoon. You don't have to spend long with Gladys Vega to know that she is the ringleader, the nucleus, the sun of this solar system. Free food trajo las paletas. Yes. Her work uniform these days could be categorized as stylishly comfortable. Sneakers on her feet, silver hoops in her ears. She's been up since 4 a.m., but her makeup is perfect and her eyebrows look like they jumped out of a beauty magazine. Equal parts practical and put together. Gladys is a powerhouse. She's always fighting for everybody. She's working very hard. Every single day. Oh, she's such a miracle. But there's a lot behind that miracle. A lot that people don't see. Gladys and a handful of women have been feeding thousands of families a week, on their own. Most of the food here was donated. Even so, the collaborative pays for some of it. Gladys says they have to order about $10,000 worth of food every week. So everything is rationed very carefully. How many for a bag? Five? I would say six. 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 Beba, I'm doing um, toilet duty. Um, we don't have any detergent. Toilet duty, which, if I had to guess, probably isn't in the executive director job description. These are decisions that I have to make. I get a cleaning person that's going to ask me for like $300 a week to clean this office and the other one. Or I can use $300 to feed someone or put someone in a, in a hotel. So I'll clean the toilets. What is part of Gladys's job is making these tough calls. No matter the question, big or small, Gladys either has the answer or she is the answer. Okay, 
noche, so I'm gonna go shopping. What is it that we need here? Agua. Agua. Gladys has her own way of thinking about her daily juggling act. We are like octopus. I always say females are like octopus. We can manage so many things at the same time, right? Gladys is never not doing something. Okay. 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 Bye. Hey, Roy. What's up? Where are you? I'm heading to the office. Then I'm heading to Restaurant Depot. Wondering, do you have anything in your place as you're selling it that you can give me that I don't have to buy? So do you have old trash barrels that I can use, anything that you can think of that I can take, that way I don't have to buy it and I can save money. She's also incredibly resourceful. I have huevos. I'll take your huevos. (laughs) (laughs) Roy Avianeda is a city councilor in Chelsea, but he also runs a cafe. Rather, he ran a cafe. It closed down along with his father's bakery, casualties of the pandemic which means Roy has some supplies he can part with. Do you want to stop here first yes. in the back of the bakery and see what I can give you? Yes, of course. Claro. Freebies are important. I'll be there right now. Bye. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Another thing Gladys has going for her is her way with people. Right, so. Don't think, no. How are you, sweetheart? Yes, a greeting from Gladys is like a verbal hug. No matter whom she's talking to, she has a way of making them feel special, like family almost. It's part of how she's been able to build partnerships that benefit her community. It's part of why her volunteers keep showing up. And it's why people like Roy want to do everything they can to help her. Um, and then we have more in the garage. I took some stuff in the garage. Yep. You got the eggs. Okay. In a way, the people who do everything they can for Gladys are following her own example. The Chelsea Collaborative does everything it can for everyone it can. Taking care of the whole person. Getting a box of food isn't the end of an interaction with Gladys. Quite often, it's the beginning. It's now a Tuesday morning in early September and the giant metal doors of the Chelsea Collaborative's distribution center have just opened for service. A line of people stretches down and around the block, but they're not here for food. Tuesday mornings are devoted to another item in never-ending demand, diapers. Gladys has a captive audience of mostly women for some important announcements, starting with the bad news. Gladys, what do you want people to know? So I'm telling you that the only sizes that I have left is um, from zero, from newborn, to size three, four, five, and six are always usually very popular, and we give them all out. And reminding them that food is at two o'clock. As I scan this growing line of women, anxiously waiting to see if there will be diapers left in their baby size by the time they reach the front of the line, I'm reminded of one of the first things Gladys told me about her community. Chelsea's known to be sort of like head of household females. So Chelsea's full of moms, single moms, everywhere, everywhere. And many of them are undocumented. So on top of the pandemic, we were dealing already with people having the fear of getting any government assistance, including health care, 
So that is why when this whole pandemic happened, our community was so vulnerable. Most Chelsea residents are people of color, many of them immigrants from Latin America. The pandemic hits these groups extra hard. Racial disparities for COVID infection, hospitalization, and death are staggering. In the United States, hospitalization rates for Black people were four and a half to five and a half times higher than whites, according to the CDC. The biggest disparity was found by NYU researchers studying low-income areas across the country, including Chelsea, where people in communities of color died of the coronavirus at nine times the rate of people living in mostly white areas. On top of that, while the world was shutting down and people were told to stay at home, 80% of the workforce in Chelsea was considered essential. Grocery store clerks, bus drivers, nursing assistants, they kept going to work, which made them more likely to come in contact with the virus. And then there are the people whose jobs weren't deemed essential enough. Gladys says that many of the undocumented residents in her community work in food service. And what was one of the first industries to shut down when COVID-19 hit? Food service. You know, people had a way of selling tortillas, of, you know, working at the, at the bar and doing their dishes somewhere. Now there's nothing, so there's nothing, nothing. So, I mean, so it's been, like, severely poor. The pandemic didn't create the challenges that Chelsea has been facing but it exacerbated them to a point that made it impossible for city and state officials to ignore. The pandemic was just the lifting of the blanket of our poverty and our reality. The blanket may have been lifted on some of the issues in Chelsea, but solutions to those issues are a work in progress. For now, there are only Band-Aids, Still, they come as a bit of good news to the women waiting in line for diapers. Do you speak Spanish or English? Okay, so what I was saying, if you need a rental assistance applications, there's a program called Unraft, and they provide up to $4,000 in, um, in financial aid. All you have to do is fill out application. They require lots of documents, but you don't have to be a citizen of the United States. All you need to provide is the document. Okay, here, do it here. This rental assistance program isn't new, but it is news to many of the people in line. You might not know it exists at all without someone like Gladys practically shouting it from a soapbox. It's troubling when you consider that this assistance could be the thing that makes it possible for a family to have their own apartment rather than just a room within an apartment. But it's something Gladys and her team have seen countless times. We actually had a volunteer who told us, listen, I know of a little girl, 11-year-old, who's been taking care of her 11-month-old brother because her mother's hospitalized. This is Danaiti, Gladys's niece. She's been helping out with food distribution. When the organization gets a tip like this, someone brings a box of food to the home. It's a first step that helps the collaborative figure out what other steps they might need to take. When she opened the door, you can tell that, you know, obviously the baby wasn't showered correctly. They were hungry. And mama in the hospital kept telling her, don't tell anyone that you're there by yourself. But she was in a room. Her mom rented a room with a bunch of strangers. When we left that house, it was like, you know, we have kids. And and to see them alone and an 11-year-old taking care of a baby, it it was a tough, heavy feeling, you know? It's also a heavy feeling to realize that the collaborative might never have found this young girl and her brother at all. That's one of the biggest challenges in their work. 
You can't help the people you don't know about. You can't fix what you don't know is broken. Which is why Gladys asks everyone she comes into contact with, What else can we do for you? If you need anything, call me and tell me tomorrow. I know that you have a need, so tell me how can I help Dave. Whatever you need, just call me. Don't go anywhere. She walks up and down the line outside of the distribution center and asks people what else they need. Do they need school supplies for their child? Is their landlord trying to evict them illegally? The Chelsea Collaborative can help with that. Are they registered to vote? The Collaborative can help with that, too. It goes back to this idea of taking care of the whole person. And it's an approach that's been called accompaniment, a term coined by Dr. Paul Farmer of the public health nonprofit Partners in Health. It's really, we got you. We got you. Whatever a person might need, you're there for it, willing to help. It's not just calling on the phone and saying, hey, you really matter to me. It's saying, you really matter to me. And I think I know how we can keep you safe over the next couple of weeks. Or over the next couple of years, as Paul Farmer saw during the Ebola outbreak in Sierra Leone from 2014 to 2016, and the cholera epidemic in Haiti after the 2010 earthquake. Accompaniment isn't just a nice idea. It makes all the difference. It makes the difference between death and survival. So whether Gladys is working with the state's attorney general to get more COVID testing sites in Chelsea, or dropping off a box of food to someone in quarantine, the ways in which she's accompanying the members of her community through this pandemic will save lives. Yes, at all the places, I've never heard somebody come out and offer additional help on what they actually do. This is Rodsha Washington, a single mother of two. One of them is the reason she's in line today. Say, my name's Angel. Like, I've never seen a place give out more than diapers or formulas together. So, these are baby toys. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And whatever I'll find around, I'll save it back for you. Okay, Okay, so you have my number. If you need anything else, you just text me. Okay? Okay. God bless you. Thank you. What keeps me up is not knowing who I haven't been in contact with. You know, who's that woman that is having a domestic violence issue? That's what keeps me up at night. More in a minute. Do you know a hidden hero? Call 1-347-921-HERO. That's 1-347-921-4376. And tell us about a hidden hero in your life. We're excited to share these stories on social media, and maybe even in future episodes, to celebrate the hidden heroes in your community. And thanks. Gladys may operate like an octopus, but she's still just one person. She's checking in with a mother of three young children who's been living in a hotel after leaving an abusive relationship. I'm so impressed with this young woman. She's very young, and she went to the police department, got her police report. She has done everything to stay on top of things, and she literally walked out when she needed to for the safety of her kids. 
The collaborative is paying for this woman's hotel until she can get help from the state. Gladys knows the owner and got a deal on the room. This mother's story is familiar to Gladys, not just because she supported other women in this situation. I came to live in Chelsea because of domestic violence. My father um, was 45, my mom was 15. Gladys's parents' marriage was arranged. Her father owned the farm next to the one her mother grew up on in Puerto Rico. Once the two of them married, Gladys says her mom started drinking. She wouldn't have sex with my father unless he got her drunk because she didn't love him. She felt that he was old and ugly, and she would always say que ya le tenía asco. Like, um, asco means like she was disgusted of being in that relationship. But Gladys's mother stayed. Gladys says, for her grandfather's sake. She stood there because of my grandfather for almost 14 years and always was abused. My mom was, like, everybody knew her from the black eyes. The more time that went by, the more her life was in danger. One day, a man who worked on the farm pulled Gladys's mother aside. He told her that her husband had a plan to kill her. So he said, so if I was you, I wouldn't stay here with the kids. That night, the farm worker helped her mother escape. She took her three children with her, one of whom was Gladys. Eventually, they made it to Chelsea, where some of her uncles lived. Her mother's relationship with her father ended for good. But her mother's drinking didn't. It was a hard upbringing, which Gladys and her siblings tried to hide from everyone. Like if you were to tell the, ask the high school nurse who's Gladys Vega, who were the Vegas, they're like, oh, they were these girls always dressed up, always with high heels. That's what we were known for. But when we closed those doors behind our apartment, we were the girls that worked two or three jobs, that had no money, that... Um, my mom would drink whatever money we were doing for the, towards the rent, um, that my brother was selling drugs um, and always getting beat up, that we, that whenever I woke up, I had to wake up my sister so we can go to the bathroom together because we may find someone doing cocaine or, or needles in, in our bathroom. Um, but I really think that all those things like allow me to, in the leadership position that I have, to talk to young girls about it. So today, on the phone with this young mother of three who has just escaped her own dangerous situation, Gladys has a message that she hopes will stick. Okay, Okay. I love you. Take care. I haven't met you, you. but I love the actions that you took, okay? Stand very strong because nobody deserves to be mistreated, okay? No, nobody. Okay. Bueno, te cuida, amor. Thank you, gracias. Okay, mi amor, un beso. Say hi to the babies, okay? Okay. Okay, mi amor, cuídate. Ciao. Gladys is used to being the strong one. The leader, tireless, selfless, unflappable. And she is all of these things. But she's also human. And the running around day after day, month after month of this global pandemic, trying to help everyone she possibly can, it takes a toll. You know... Uh, when she's alone, she's very depressed. Uh, for when we don't have a food, when we don't have donation, she's, um, she's crying. This is Martita, one of Gladys's good friends. I don't know how she's do every day, every single day. 
and she's going to the bed. 11, 11, 30, 12, 12, 31, to do email, to do a, a, lot, of, a lot of things for the collaborator. A lot. It's been a long year for Gladys Vega, and she has the battle wounds to prove it. She has a hairline fracture from lifting heavy boxes of food. She has a big scar across her left hand from a run-in with a pallet of pineapples. Her vocal cords may never recover, and she has a lot of sleep to catch up on. You have the flowers here. You got flowers. But she also has thousands of people fed and rehoused and registered to vote and learning how to use a computer for the first time and on a path to citizenship and the countless other ways she has accompanied the people of Chelsea to a better future. I've mentioned some of the things that make Gladys the leader she is, her resourcefulness, her commitment to her values, the way she connects with people. But the thing that really defines Gladys is heart. It's this feeling you get being around her, that she believes in herself and in the work she's doing above all else. She believes with that whole heart and with every one of her 60 inches that an immigrant woman raised by a single mother and tested at every turn in life can go on to not only improve and enrich the lives of others, she can save them. I know that you have a need, so tell me how can I help you? But Gladys also believes in us, which is important to remember in a global pandemic. Because Chelsea, Massachusetts is just one community, in one state, in one country. The challenges it's facing are not unique. There is a lot of work to do. And we could sure use a lot more Gladyses. Maybe we can all find ways to be one. This Gladys, at least, has hope. The most beautiful thing about the pandemic, it, it was that in my 31 years of working as the executive director of the Chelsea Collaborative, I learned that the human race... It's a beautiful thing without labels, etiquetas. Like they were, people were given without caring that they were given to an undocumented community. They were just given because there was a need, because people were getting sick, because we were losing people. And that is a beautiful thing, and that's how we should be as human beings. With love, unconditional love, we can do everything. We can get everything done. Hidden Heroes is a UNICEF podcast series about women's and girls' empowerment. It's produced by Principal Pictures with funding support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and reported by me, Beth Murphy, written and produced by Amory Sievertson. Sadie Zook is the associate producer, mix and sound design by Mike Moschetto, editing by Erica Lance, music by Blue Dot Sessions. For more information on the series and to see pictures of Gladys and her team in action, go to unicef.org. We hope you'll subscribe and spread the word. Thanks for listening. Do you know a hidden hero? Call 1-347-921-HERO 
That's 1-347-921-4376. And tell us about a hidden hero in your life. We're excited to share these stories on social media, and maybe even in future episodes, to celebrate the hidden heroes in your community. And thanks. Thanks.